This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, once again, as every year, we learn Megillas uh, Rus with the Pirish Nachas Yosef. We've explained uh, over the years who this person was. He was a Talmud Aldous Labotka, he lived in Tel Aviv. Um, and was Makar, a lot of people was able to give over in a VM and so on in an extraordinary way. And we're holding here Peric Base, where we start about Boas. I want to start with a comment, not something that he speaks about, but I definitely in the Ruach of what uh, he thinks that he says. I would like to start with um, two points. Um, one is something that I had a gush about. And one, actually, a point that I think he will develop later, but it's later, and I would like to preface it. First, who was this Boaz? Boaz, Chazal tell us, was somebody called Iftzen. Um, he was a shofate in Klal Yisrael. He was somebody who was 80 years old. He was 80 years old, and he was a shofate for the last seven years of his life. He was a um, god Lador, he was called. He had had a wife, she died, he had um, children, they died, and he had a large family and everything. At the age of 80, people retire way before. Um, and imagine if Boaz would have rightfully at 79 retired, gone off to well-deserved vacation, and sort of engaged in, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a Turdic version of playing golf and you know sort of not done very much afterwards and just sort of tidied up his life and so on and he'd come to Shemayim and they would say well Rav Boaz what happened or Rav Ivtsen, where's Davin HaMelech where's Malach HaMashiach and he'd say what do you mean I'm God Lador I was a shofit for six years and everything's wonderful and his real accomplishment it says he married Rus and conceived a child and died the next day. So 79 plus 364 days or whatever it was, um, he's were just a preparation for the last day of his life. His major accomplishment came on the very last day of his life. Um, that's incredible. It's, it's one of those, um, I guess, cultural, um, I don't know what to call it, artifacts or whatever it is, that we've absorbed subconsciously from the world around us that's absolutely not Torahic. The concept of retirement is alien to the Torah, very alien. So yes, a person who physically can't work should not be working. A person whose duties are, he can't perform them satisfactorily or they will kill him, of course, a person needs to scale down to his ability. But the idea that HaKadosh Baruch gave us an extra year or two or ten of life um, and that sort of to be spent on fishing and not really doing much. That's that is the contrary to every single aspect of Torah. A kitzvah of Yom means Hakadosh Baruch who gave us years, not an arbitrary number. I guess looks like a nice guy. We'll give him a hundred years. Hakadosh um, Baruch gave us years with which to accomplish, and those years are um, years that every single day counts and. Certainly, if he's missing one day that he took off just kind of because I've done enough, 
is 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 something that that, that person holds accountable, and a person never knows. It might be the last thing that he did on the last day of his life, that that was important. Um, many gedolim, the panavajur of the mirror, shiva of lezul, all these people, th- their accomplishment was in the second half of their life, not the first half of life. After they, they had accomplished and done, they had to restart again. And, and their accomplishment was the second time around, not the first time around. We don't know. It's passing Kohelas. That you don't know which child, which accomplishment of yours will be the defining accomplishment of your life. That's one point about Boaz I think it's well worth noting. A second point, and this is a point he certainly speaks later about, but we just sort of, because starting the passage, I would like to sort of make a point of it, and it's something that sort of lays in his words. This shidduch over here was very, very, very not lefichvodo of Boaz. Um, Boaz was a god lador. He was a leader of Yisrael. Rus, as we'd spoken before, I will use very, very coarse words simply because um, we need to get the feel for it, was a shiksa who had led astray the, the, the most royal house of Klayasol. The house of Elimelech was royalty, as we spoke about before. Um, he was, this was the, the, the Gdoliasol, people expect them to lead Klayasol in the toughest time. They ran off to Moab, that's one problem. And these were the, just the you know, Arpa and Rus were the two shiksas that married with them. They were they were despised. Halachically, the the halacha that that amoniv lo amonis maviv lo amis was not yet well known, and most people thought she's bechal aser. They certainly didn't seem to be the appropriate shita for galador. So let's even say, okay, halachically that's okay, and you don't have to look past what happened because even well, it it certainly, and one could have anticipated that if he does that shidduch, he will go down. In ignominy in Klai Yisrael. It's like Yochan Karen Gadol that, that for 80 years was a great Karen Gadol and then he became a Tzduki. So that could be the same thing. Boaz was a great Shofit until he, like 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 we have this thing about Shimshon Dalila, where there was some sort of Yeshara Hibenai. It, it could have been seen as quite calumnious. And one would ask himself, should a person not care about his reputation, his family's reputation? It definitely his family would suffer. So let's take a look. Um, there was a cousin of theirs who was very close to them. And Boaz told him, you know, your cousin's come back, you've got to be goal her. And he says, uh, the cousin says, uh, okay, I'll buy out the fields, I'll, I'll do my responsibility. He says, oh, there's one other thing, you've got to marry her. He says, are you kidding? I, I mean, do you know how my reputation will be tarnished? Well, this person is known for eternity as Ploni Almoni, anonymous. In other words, um, the person who cared to perpetuate his name, and because of that didn't do what he needed to do, didn't assume responsibility, is known as Mr. Anonymous. It's almost a media connected media. He wanted to perpetuate his name? Well, now he's anonymous. Boaz risked going down, risked 80 years of, of a very, very, very um, laudatory biography, going down to, in, in Timoyan. He became most famous, not almost famous, he got his name Boaz. His name was Ifzen, and the Torah now calls him Boaz because Boaz, he had strengthened himself. So he got his name and legacy and reputation because he stepped out of plate and did what he should have done. You know, it's when a person it, it thinks about things that are not the fichvodo, 
that's that's very very important to make sure that that cheshbon is correct, because if it has something to do, not that it's it, it has something to do with like other covet because people will say people will think and other things and not things that are really right, th- that becomes your loss of, 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 of name and legacy. And when you roll up your sleeves and you're willing to wade into the muck because this is what you have to do, this responsibility, that becomes your name. It's incredible um us into the life of Boaz. Now let's start with what he says. So this is on page and vav on the normal beginning of, of Perik Bey's Pasigalov. And this now begins the second section, how things move on to Rusmang Boas, uh, which Chazal tells was the Shofit Iftzen. It's clear that even if the Rus came to become a Gyorus, it was very, very far from marrying the Godel, the Manigal Yisrael, that, that they would take a Basmoav. And the, and the Novi begins to tell us now the, the, the steps of Ashkoch Pratis, how this happened. We start, first of all, by calling uh, Boaz Moda, which means somebody that, that is it's much closer. A Karov means I'm close. It's a physical relationship. It's my brother, it's my sister, it's my aunt, it's my uncle, and so on. Um, a, a, a moda means somebody who's internally connected, like like Russian das, somebody that I I, I know in a, in a deeper sense of it. Uh, third paragraph. Until we don't have his name yet, the first thing the Torah describes is ish gibochayil, kishem just like Ashes Chayel is the woman, it, it's the it's the it's the overarching title for the for the woman who has all of these specific qualities. Let's say Ashes Chayel. Ish Chayel is a very very big title. Where do we find a description of how important this is in the Torah itself? When Yisro um, advised Moshe Rabbeinu to take uh, judges to help him administer Kal Yisrael, Amalei, so Yisro told him, you should take, we call Am, you should take out of, choose Anshe Chayel, people that are Anshe Chayel, Yireh Lekim, Anshe Emes, and the Torah says, Moshe Vayaz Kol he did what he told him, but it says, Almiyat Kosev Rak, Vayivcha Moshe Anshe Chayel, that Moshe says Anshe Chayel, so it seems as if in the concept of Anshechayel you include the subcategories as well. So, um, what is it about Anshechayel? So, we're going to skip the next paragraph because that go deals with another point, and I'm going to see um, the, the 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 paragraph School of Zushal Silukania Prati. Um, the getting rid of of your sense of self, of what you need and what you want, is one of Rus's schoolers. Kasherina pek alav kasherin program by we'll see later. Vecheni kruil alon b'megillah b'mifi boaz eshaschayel. Boaz calls us eshaschayel. Kishnistakel b'hemshcha megillah. We're going to see how she is. How she is an eshaschayel. So he says. So these two. People, Boaz and Rus, are very similar in this point of being Eshes and Ishchael. 
And Chazal say over here, If a giant marries a giantess, what comes out of them? Strong people. Boaz married Rus. What came out? David. So you have the the David Melech and and the, in in Shmuel he's is called Yodea Nagin Vigibochayel that that David Melech is a Gibochayel he came out of an Eishaschan Ishchayel. What exactly is Ishchayel and what does it refer to? What do we mean? So let's um, let's dis- understand this a little bit because this is a type of thing that because of very very shallow translation it gets lost the, the true meaning of something the word gibor chayel is usually translated as a strong man this physical guy with rippling muscles daring sort of rambo type of personality and runs and jumps and shoots and so on and so forth that the physical strength is a not something that Torah looks up to in particular it's it's a it's 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 very material. It's obviously just very physical. It's not nothing to do with any um, anything really significant. Um, it 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 has to. It it's usually people who are physical and in that way are not necessarily good people. Not good people. People good character. So what exactly do we describe when we talk about Ishchayel? So let's let's imagine. Let's take a, an example. In battle, there are qualities that are just simple physical strength. There are many, many drives in battle that are less than noble, and far less than noble. Um, a person who's greedy, a person who's cruel, a person who is mindless, reckless, all of those things describe many people that we look at as heroes, and it takes away from it. But there's another quality. Every person, survival of his self is something that he's most keen on. Um, doing, th- not doing things that are difficult, um, is is what we are. When a person, it, it takes an immense strength of spirit to push yourself to do things that are physically beyond physical ability, and to risk your life to save somebody else, as you do in battle. That part is called givura. Ezegibakarjisa means your ability for your rutzon, for your will and understanding to to take tight rein over your natural instincts and comfort and so on, to do what's right, that's called Gvura. What makes a show fate needs to be Gibachail is because a shofet has to administer justice when there are things pulling him away. This person seems to be very well connected. It's worth my while to sort of be on his good side. This person seems to be very, very poor and rachmanis. My heart goes out for him. I'll give. I'll. I'll declare him right, despite the fact that I don't think he's right. And passing against this person has severe ramifications for my family. This person is vindictive. He could take revenge on me. This person can threaten me. This person can help me get, uh, you know, further my career. A, a gibber chayel means no matter what my natural inclination is, I have the ability to um, to do what I think is right. That's the shorish of gvura. And there's no bigger title than that. Ezegib HaKoshet Yisro means because 
what a person the, the ultimate test of strength is the self that knows what's right versus the self that would like ease, comfort, gains, and etc. So when the Torah describes Boaz as a Ishkibuchail, we've given some reference before as to what this Kibura takes to be able to do what's right despite the heavy price it might take from him um, and her own Gevura and, and that's and, and so the, the, the title of Eishchayel and Ishchayel belong to them because both of them went and did something that was very very difficult and against every bone of their body and was able to be able to overcome it and do what's right um, and he says over here, Torah is called Sefer Mulchamas Hashem. Ha'adam Omei. This is the last paragraph on the Zayin. Ha'adam Omei kol yomer b'marocha neged b'tuiv and dosri tzahara. A person all his life struggles with the tzahara. Shekohelas mechanei melach god la'sevus ha'iraktana. Kohelas calls it a big king that surrounds a small city. Ha'Torah atzim sense hakdara va'atetim shlobo. The Torah speaks about overpowering him. In Keno is a mulchama. And that's why Torah is called in Bamidbo Sefer Muhammad Hashem, because it teaches a person how to um, overcome something. And then he adds a point. It says that the Gibor Chayel of Boaz and the Eshes Chayel of Rus together sent David. David is the is the is the most striking paradigm for these mochamis? It's speak. It, it's an example for failing, rising up again, and being victorious. You know, the real test of a person's strength of character is not in the first battle. Because if a person it takes yes, it takes some strength and courage to, to to enter the fray, but when a person has been successful, then the second time round it's easier. Not easy, but easier. But when a person failed and he's and he's all bloodied and he's battered on the floor, getting up the second time takes a lot, a lot more courage. David Amelach, it says, Hikim Ula Chuva. David Amelach was put in situations where he failed and needed to be a paradigm of the person that can come back a second round and a third round and a fourth round. David David is the perfect paradigm for all of man's struggles. He's a paradigm for a person who failed. came back up again and eventually won. In David's Maison, we see how much a person could fail. And how many times he can come back and lift himself up again. That's the exact sign of Mashiach. It's, 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 a mash, it's, it's, it's the type of what Mashiach means for humanity. Failing and failing and failing and rising again. Rus. Rus had that same quality. She came where she'd been knocked out. He She came from a tribe that the tribe as a whole is not a mandicleisol. So yes, the women are mutter, the men aren't. So that comes from a very, very um, bad place. Strike one against her. 
They originally come from stone. In other words, it, it was a shidduch that 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 Lot made when he lived in stone and wanted to live in stone. So, so her environment and her um, background is stone. They came. Moab comes from a from from a very very base act of Lot living with his daughters, Lashem Shemayim. But so stone and a shidduch from stone is the background, and a mother who. Um, basically stayed stuck to stone a father who did an incestuous act which the daughters did heroically to, to preserve the world they thought there's nobody around it it gave it, it gave birth to a tribe Moab which was considered so base that we don't want to marry them this is where she came from three very 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 strong strikes against her and she pushed herself um, back to Shlemus she puts herself to Shlemus this is a sign for humanity. No matter how far you sink, or Yagil and Ogazricha, he'll rise up again to, to, to sunrise. This is the most appropriate Akdama for the birth of David and Mashiach. So the Gibor Chayalov is described as the one who can can push himself to do the most difficult and, and, and what you what your body, so to speak, protests against. But more than anything else, it's the person who's lost and become bloodied in number innumerable amount of times, there's hope for him and he, it, there's something in a person that can rise again and reconstruct. The, it, within this on on Zion, there's another paragraph that I want to learn together. I just I skipped it because I wanted to keep the flow of the ideas before. Hakosov second paragraph in the Zion. Hakosov most of the boss Osimov Golam. The Pusik also categorizes um Yosef as the um it, it categorizes Boaz, I'm sorry, as a, with 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 something that's reserved for the Khshuv Makaisra. Ushmo Boaz. Shekenkov Khazam to Ermasum Signa Tanach, Khazal by observing Tanach, they say Sharishoyim him koidmilishmam. That whenever a Russia is mentioned, you have the Russia first, and then the name, and then the word Shmo, Golius Shmo, novel Shmo. What, what exactly does it mean? Yes, it's an interesting observation. Well, what's the significance of it? In so he touches the Chazal over here in 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 in, in the following way. The um, let's take people that are doing Chesed. So. A low person, a very, very low person, doesn't want to do chesed. I'd rather be comfortable. I want to stay in my bed. I want to take. I don't want to give. And so on. And that's and, and that's the lowest. A person is taught that doing chesed is important and nobler than taking and so on and so forth. Then the person... Um, wants to become a Baal Chesed. He still has a sense of self, 
And you know what? If people will, will, will not say I'm a Baal Chesed, then basically they're not going to be holding of me. They're not going to think well of me. I need to be Baal Chesed. So I'm running around and I'm doing the Chesedim. There's a third person that says, if it has to be done, I'll do it. And he focuses more on the person getting than the person, than, him, than his self becoming a Baal Chesed. You have, you have people who do Chesedim, but there's a sense that it's a way for them to sort of become busybodies of sorts. And, 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 and be involved and be this and that. And they do good things. They mean well also, but there's a sense that it's a way to realize their self and their ego, possibly. Um, I, I want to give... A, 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 someone once said this as a marshal, but I've, it happened to me in, exactly in a certain way, and I'd like to present it. Many, many years ago, I happened to be on a visit in the States. This is, I don't know, 25 years ago, probably, or more. I was in the States for a visit, and... Um, I had to sleep overnight somewhere. It was a very, very hot summer day, and I um, was in somebody's house. person lived got a very, very um, simple, uh, you know, in a basement somewhere, and there was, no, there was no real air conditioning in the room that was there for me. Um, I don't know, maybe there was, an, I don't remember the setup, but it was, was kind of small, cramped, but then they were very gracious, please, Stay with us, people don't feel, you don't feel comfortable. Stay with someone. Someone else had invited me, so the person was not as close a friend in any sense of the word. So the person was well to do, they had a very big house, a lot of rooms, all essentially air conditioned, really very, very comfortable. And so I mentioned to them, I said, you know, uh, I also have an, I have an invitation from so and so. Or that person, I think, called into the house actually, call, happened to call and invite. So the woman of the house, of this cramped small house and so on um, so the husband started protesting you know, you're always welcome by us and so his wife cut him off and she's Isha Chashuva, I know her and uh, you know, and I think uh, it's it, it sort of she said he will be a lot more comfortable there, it's bigger, it's more air conditioned, it's 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 much better set up uh, you, know, it, 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 you know this is where you'll feel comfortable by this other family and she could have played a game, and no, what do you mean? I, I know we, we, we may not be so wealthy, but what we have it. Her sense was, what do I need? I need this. So that's the chesed. It has nothing to do with her being about chesed and her being machnasorach. Someone said, someone said, and this is where I heard it, that a real machnasorach is someone that when he hears the person has other accommodations, he's happy. I mean, it's not about me, it's about the other person having accommodations. He has great accommodations, great accommodations. That's problems taken care of. It's not my achnasorach, If the Pasuk says the name first, Gol Yashmoy means it's all about Gol it's all about novel. That's the personality. Ushmoy Boaz means. I need to identify the character, so I'm saying it. It doesn't. It's not the person's name that's the centerpiece of it. He, it just like I'm, you know. By the way, who was that person? Oh, someone did this. By the way, who it was? The, the, when, when the Torah switches around and has the Shmo first, that's sort of explain, telling me that it's not about the person, and the person didn't see it as being about himself. It's sort of a a um, an added thing, and so on. Um, then he says, this is in page on Ches, we're going back to where we left off before. After he, after he tells us who Boaz was, he begins to tell us the story. There's a lot of details, and each one of them is a link in a very complex 
um, causes and effects and things. Mehen glues line, some of them that are very, we can see ourselves, and some are smooth line, they're hidden, that bring about the, the beginning of the connection with Boaz and Rus. This period we're going to see Rus and Boaz in, the, in their actions and the details. The Novi feels a need to describe it in great detail. This is mostly very important. This is something um, very, very important to understand that um, every single Tanakh is a tiny book about thousands of years of people's lives. Avraham Avinu, who lived almost 200 years, um, 175 years, um, he has a dozen stories about him, maybe a little more, and that's it. So these little stories have, each one has great significance, and you need to know each story and, and understand what is this point. And he says, The Torah is trying to tell us those fine strands that wove together to form the Nisham of David HaMelech. We'll understand a lot of David HaMelech when we see where he comes from. Which continue on to Mashiach, who will bestow his spirit on, on Christ on the whole world. The way Navishai calls him it's a branch of the of the tree of Yishai. So we can't look at the Megillah just kind of a description. Oh, it was. It was the, the season of the, of, of the oats. It gives a little bit this, gives a little that. Every point is going to teach us something about the person. In every word uttered, in every motion, in every step taken, you're going to find some sitkas of Rus or Boaz. Just like Rus is, is, is all pure and chesed and modest, so to Boaz, everything is all simple chesed and it's all covered Adam. He says, now he, 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 he says, There seem to be a lot of tiny details. How Rus went, what she ate, how she sat. We seem to look at things uh, that are very, very big and you know, great actions. And that's how we describe something. We, um, who sees a person's greatness, dafke in small things. Kedivir Chazal. It says, "Ein Akadosh Baruch Hu does not bestow greatness on a person. Until he tests him on small items, and then he brings him up to greatness. Mianalamayz a way to learn from Moshe Rabbeinu. Sha'achre shenifchan b'maisim dol makshulam says nefesh." If they tested him with great things of his nefesh, let's um, let's uh, describe this. It says that Hakadosh um, Baruch Hu, Moish Rabbeinu. Let's let's look at the psukim. It says Moish Rabbeinu went out and he saw somebody hit a mitzri hit a Yisrael. He got very upset. He, he he killed him, and um, and then 
he had to run for his life. So this was a very brave act, very heroic. It, it came at great sacrifice to him. And um, yes, we can, you know, w- w- we can see the greatness. The Ramam says the standing up against injustice and so on, standing to the side of those who are pursued is a, is a hallmark of greatness. And we see that. But that's not where it starts. That's not where, that's not where his, his, his position as a dummy starts. It says he was tending to the sheep of Yisro and he came to this place and so on. Chazal tell us that Moshe um, Rabbeinu um, was tested with his sheep. And he was able, first of all, he took him to Midbar, which was, there was no Gzela there. He also cared for the sheep, each one, you know, depending on, on what it needed, he was able to give it its needs, the, 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 the older ones, the younger ones, and so on. And that's where Kachbar tested him. That, 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 and, and this is what Chazal say, Kachbaruch who gives greatness to a person only when he tests him with small things. And then he brings him to greatness. Um, what is the, why? Why is it like that? This is something that is a, um, it's something that is quoted often by Balamusa that we need to pay attention to um, to, to small details, and in, in, you know there's a tendency. So so let's. So why is it? I mean, it doesn't doesn't seem to make sense at the beginning of, of, of looking at it. It's sort of a um, yes. If a person if a person let's say is supposed to bring in ten customers um, worth you know, many of them worth $100,000, and one of them worth $1,000. He brings in the big ones, doesn't bring in the small ones. So I would say, you know, he's brought in 90%, 95%, 99%. So what do I care? Um, so one uh, um, one way of looking at it would be simple, that a person, um, when he when he looks to do big things, it might be an ego thing. Um, it's something where... Um, it's, it's something that a person... Um, you know, he he might be thinking of schar and have that approach of you know this is worth a hundred thousand dollars worth of schar, this is worth only thousand dollars worth of schar, and you can neglect it. That's that's one way of looking at it. There's, I think there's a there's a, it's, a, it's 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 deeper than that. A person's actions. Um, let, let let's ask ourselves the following question. I have two people. And I need to describe who is a greater artist. So let's say one person can create tremendous works of art, and the other person creates works that are lesser. So I say he is a greater artist than the other person. But if I'm trying to not judge what he can accomplish, say who's more of an artistic person? And I say this person can, can sleep in a room that's kind of very, very unesthetic, and you know things are just kind of black colors. They don't match. Whatever it is, this other person can't walk into a room that doesn't have the right harmony of colors. So I'd say, in terms of an artistic personality, it's the other person. Things that we do consciously with our mind. I am now about to paint a great painting. I'm a, I have a great challenge in front of me to do um, a big, big um, act of chesed or some act of chesed 
that tells me what I can do. But my reflex reaction when I'm not even aware of that there's a chesed being demanded of me, where it slips under my consciousness and it demands my reflexes, that's the real description of the person. My reflex action is who I am. My actions are what I do. So I can judge who who can do more, um, who can do things more than the other person, and that's something that I can... Um, it, it, that that defines... Um, can I shoot further than you? Can I paint nicer than you? Can I organize things? Let's take an example. Let's say I need to organize something, and I'm given a job to organize the store over here, the storefront, in, in, in an hour, and, and I have great abilities, and I set to do it. I outmatch the other person. It's nicer. It took less time. Then I'm a greater organizer. Who is an organized, more organized person? If I walk into the room and it's messy, I can't fall asleep. I, I, I just must get everything together because I can't bear disorder. That tells me more about the person. That specifically deals with sm- with small deeds. Because small deeds are not what you do, but usually reflect on what you are. So if a person needs to test himself, so did I rise to the challenge of standing up for a Jew in danger? Yes, I did. That means I am a... I can do great deeds of heroism. I can, I can rise to the occasion to care for someone else. But do I instinctively take a small sheep in my arms because it's hard for him to walk? That tells me if I have a caring soul or not. And that's the big difference between the two. So the reason why one would um, describe the 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 um why how one would describe a person is with small deeds that's why we're going to find a lot of small little items but they they say more about the person than they say about um about the deeds he does i want to add another explanation because like this is part of life and i think it's very very important to 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 to, to understand the dynamic of it when a person sets out to do something big, there's like a rush of adrenaline. A, a, a Rebbe will have his class learn both nights voice, and maybe not even sleep during the day. So, so that sort of comes with adrenaline, and it's for all the good reasons in the world, and it's wonderful and it's great, but that's, that's because I know it's a great occasion, and I want to rise to the challenge, and I want to do something incredible. So there's a, there's a part of a person and sort of his adrenaline that gives him a zap and he does it. But let's say I ask the class to say another 10 minutes after the bell because I really want to finish this taste or whatever. Um, you, won't get that, you won't get that same uh, level of participation because it's, it's below the adrenaline level. Staying another 10 minutes because not a great, I'm going to walk around and say, wow, hey, guys, get it. I said another 10 minutes. Even if I don't boast to anybody, just, just for my own um, sense of it, when I feel something is big and important, it it, it gives me a certain rush. When I think that things are um, okay, they're nice. They don't give me that rush. They're not gonna. They're not, they're not gonna accomplish it. So a person wants to know um, what he can do, what he can rise to. Yes, the big things will make that. If a person wants to know who he is, and does he really like learning? Did he stay next to 10 minutes? Did he do this, did he do that? The small things that didn't 
trigger any great rush in the person, that's where we determine it. And it goes through over here a whole series of places where Chazal give us tiny things. And it, it, it's, um, it, 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 you know, they used to make fun of, and he brings here, the, what, Chazal give us three stories for three Chorbanis. They seem to be extreme in the Gemara Gittin about Yerushalayim being harved, Beitar being harved, and Tormalk being harved. It seemed to be kind of little stories, and people would, 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 who were masculine would say, well, take a look, you know, uh, Josephus gives us all the battles and this and that and everything else. Hazal gives us three, three little stories. I mean, it's not even, like, what, what, what are we talking about? It's the other way around. The, the, the historic events are, are limited, the sort of historic events that, well, the battles are of limited value to us. When trying to understand the people and, and, and what had been happening to the people and, and the disintegration, a small critical piece will usually be the best description of it. And that's why um, the, the, the um, Chazal gives us that. Um, it says that the Ksonas passing caused the jealousy. All, it brings all of these things over here where small items are used to teach us about the person much more than what seems to be, you know, center of stage type of items. And then he finishes off, It's a big Kalal, all the events happen to Tanakh. They're one Shlemus, and every Prat has a critical um, piece of the puzzle, whether it's the good someone does or not the good. And so, so the Navi here shows us how David HaMelech's birth came about through small, tiny points that um, really f- made that critical connection to to bring David to the world. We'll hold it here. The the last paragraph, Kanon of Magim, the Pasha Lekesh is really an introduction to the next piece over here. Hold it.